0: Okay,
1: so <laughs> let's move seamlessly now.
2: Sorry to interrupt your ceremony. It's nothing personal. I just want to devour your god. This is like some
0: gravity-free M O L M
2: M. feels impossible? I'll
0: take it. No, that's true. Don't look at it. Up. <laughs> Don't
2: look at That up. is made for undiscerning days.
1: I'll just auto-tune that. Put a little guitar solo at the end. Perfect. <laughs> <Jeez>. All right. <laughs> Six hours <laughs> later. Y'all
2: don't got dingy pain. It don't got <laughs> dingy pain. <laughs> exactly. Nope. nope. No. Uh, <sighs> uh, <laughs> oh.
1: Welcome to Men of Low Moral Fiber, the show that's actually a lot like a dungeon crawler we figured out this week. Uh, Every episode is totally different than the last. Listeners slowly get more and more powerful the more they listen to episodes, and they get to plunder our entertaining and informational mind treasures along the way. (sighs) I'm Ben Helms, and with me as always is my trusty co-host and big brother, the relentless middle manager to my unpaid intern, the inspiring leader to a mindless horde of an office, the one who keeps telling me that no matter how good I am, no matter what amazing things I've accomplished. In life,
0: I can always do better. Jason Helms. Yeah, I'm gonna need you to take that intro again. There, is. Um, there it is. <laughs> corporates asked us to just include some more uh, some more phrases that are, are conducive to the synergy we're really going for in this podcast. Uh, and while you're there, player. if you could kill a couple joblins. Oh god, <laughs> joblins.
1: Uh, and of course, this week's star, <laughs> this week's protagonist, uh, the host who bestowed this game upon us, Corrigan Vaughn. Where are you right now, by the way? where am i are you in tennessee or texas don't don't
2: say it like
0: it's preposterous how many places have you been in the last week come on i
2: am sitting in the same place that i record this every single time where am i
0: how (laughs) dare you i have not left i have not been traveling
2: what? I don't know. Then always of. comments on how I look like I'm in a hostage situation when I sit <laughs> in this very seat.
0: So well, he I looks just, like he's in a TikTok video that was like professionally produced. It's true. It's yeah, gorgeous, it's really true. and I'm saying it in an angry way like he should be insulted, but I am not know. Pew pew pew. Hexapal.
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> wait,
1: didn't you go somewhere I'm, in the south earlier? I was
2: oh, okay. in Tennessee. Right, yes, right. what's in Tennessee? Uh, but I, um, I was in Tennessee. Because I love a podcast called Dead and Lovely, which I talk about a lot on Joag. I don't think I've really talked about it on here. Um, but it is a horror movie podcast, but more about just, you know, two guys shooting the breeze uh, about life and the universe and everything. Uh, and I went down because they did a meetup, uh, decided to do their first meetup. I have spent the pretty much the entirety of the last year um, every Friday doing what they call scream and chat, where they get on Discord, watch a movie together. And so I've grown very close to this group of people that I talk to every Friday on this. And I finally got to go down to Tennessee and meet this uh, group of people from all over the country. They weren't just from Tennessee, but that's where the podcast is based. And, uh, you know, across another state off my list of places that I've been in the United States. You know, I I could
0: tell that that you were just in Knoxville because, Corey, you're the only 10 I see.
2: Ooh, smooth. Wow. That's terrible. <laughs> uh, I wish everyone could see the way Jason delivered that. Just just dropped it. It, it
0: ended with eyes that said, kill me now. Yeah. I hate exactly. myself. I wish I wasn't talking. <laughs> Why do synapses exist? They're a curse.
1: <laughs> In this episode, we're gonna dive deep into the depths. Of uh, Startup Culture with a relatively new release. that came out last fall, the game Going Under, which might be, I was thinking about it, might be the furthest we've uh, we've gone from our old LucasArts point-and-click adventure games. Mm. Um, but we'll do our best to make a few connections, because there's definitely that's some similar vibes in a couple areas uh, to some of those. But Corey, let's start it off with, how'd you find this game?
2: Uh The way that I always find things that we play for this, (laughs) I was scrolling through the uh, Switch sale items, uh, which I it's this weird habit I have where you tell me we're going to play one game and I'm like, sure, I'll go buy that game. But first, let me look at everything that's on sale in the Switch store. And buy something else instead of the game that we're supposed to play. So I was scrolling through the sales and came across it. And I don't know exactly. I think it, I liked the way it looked. Totally. First and foremost. I was just like, this. that means a lot to me in something. It's just like that it looks like something I would like to play. Um, but it's certainly not the kind of game I've ever played. I've never played any form of dungeon crawler before. But yeah, I just kind of looked at it and was like, yeah. I'll give it a go and downloaded it right away before I even suggested to you guys like we should play this. I think I said to you like, hey, I just downloaded this game. And I played it for like an hour and was like, I don't ever want to put this down. <laughs> and nice. so that's why I suggested it. That's awesome. Which I know yeah. is not your experience with this. But my God, I love this game. You know what? To the core of my being.
0: That's awesome. I'm glad. <laughs> it's probably good to get that out of the way. We're, we're going to dive into this game. And I think we generally try to have some good vibes. But I would I do want to be clear about, because uh, Ben and I, th- I think, have similar feelings about this game. Um, the only thing I wanted to say about the game is that nowhere in this rambling, incoherent video game did I come close to anything that could be considered fun. <laughs> We're all worse for having played it. Uh, I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Um, okay, that, that's too harsh. Let me pull it back. Too yeah. harsh? Uh, come on. Oh, tough. But yeah, no, it wasn't my vibe. Uh, I liked the art. I liked the, I liked the humor and the characters, but I didn't enjoy the actual gameplay. Uh, like the actual, like, how do I like attack something with this thing? Like that really like moment to moment gameplay. Um, but worse. And I'm, I need to figure out if other people have this experience, cause it's going to break me. If not, whenever the text would come up, whenever somebody would have a conversation, did your entire system hang?
2: I yes I and so. no. Okay. If I had left my switch on for several days, yes, um, and then I would restart it, and it would work that,
0: fine. I probably should have restarted my switch because <laughs> I did, I did close the game and reopen it, hoping there was an update or something. But it was like, like bug level. Like, okay, somebody has to oh. fix this. Oh, uh, mine didn't do that. Oh, no, just... I
2: didn't have that.
0: But here's the fun thing: it was only when people were having conversations, which again, my favorite right. part of the game.
2: Yeah. And
0: yeah. yeah. And the conversation would come up, and I'd start to read it, like, okay, here we go. Here's some fun writing. I'm liking... Nothing, huh? We're just... It would, and it would just freeze in the transition to the next mm. frame, and it would just be an empty word bubble. Oh, waiting mine to didn't be filled. It quite
2: like that. And pressing no. the
0: button, waiting, 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 and then finally it would fill. The amazing thing is, it's sure. not that the switch was operating slowly, because a lot of those conversations have cool, uh, rendered backgrounds. Um, yeah. And, those and like, were things are fine. flying around in the background. Like, tons of motion and things. Those did fine. Whenever anything like that happened to happen, you know, whenever... An employee had to, like, fall off the stairs in the background. Oh, that was great. That's easy. But putting text on the screen? My poor yeah. Switch. How could I ever? <laughs> and, and that low-level irritant, like, really hurt me. Um, yeah. To, to an extent that I think I probably could have enjoyed this game a lot more had that not happened.
2: And that sure. that did not happen to me. It, there was a couple times that the dialogue was slightly slow. That was the worst thing that happened in mine. These, <laughs> um, these empty So, balloons. yeah, that's a whole other thing. Ugh. That's... Yeah, that sucks because, yeah, the dialogue is fun and a good chunk of why this game is fun.
0: And I would say the dialogue depends a little bit on timing. Yeah. Which is something that I only noticed because I didn't have.
1: (laughs) Fair enough. All right. So we're going to talk about development of the game. We'll talk more and more about gameplay. Then we will play a delicious round of what's the drink? What's the song? Uh, We'll talk about what else we've been playing. Recommendation station is what that's called now. <laughs> um, we'll have a developer spotlight. We'll talk about next month's game, and we have the whole lineup for the games the rest of the year ready to go. So, oh, wow. Let's get into it. Uh, Corey, development.
2: All right. How did this game come to pass? Sure. Let me, let me tell you a little bit about Going Under, which uh, is sometimes subtitled Internships Are Heck. Nice. <laughs> was created by indie developer Agro Crab which I love because it's clearly a play on Agro crag from Guts, uh, and that's delightful. And, mm-hmm. and these are youngins too. They're yo- much younger than we are, so it's kind of fun that they have that little reference in there nonetheless. Wow, yeah. Um, but it was published by Team 17, which is a British-based titan in the indie games publishing industry responsible for titles like Lemmings, Addiction Pinball, The Worms franchise, Overcooked, and... Overcooked! Yes. But most importantly yoku's island express oh my god (laughs) she did it again yes it all comes back to yoku in the end (laughs) so Agro crab though is headed up by nick common or cayman i'm not entirely sure how you pronounce it and i tried to find it and everything he's on he's like i'm nick Uh, and he never says his last name he's a a delightful asian american boy who seems like he's very nice but doesn't say his name for me so nick commoner in, and kaylin pollock and uh, agro crab now has a total about nine folks in their seattle office according to their website um but for a while it was just those two uh going under is their first game Although they also created a party generator app in a games jam called Party Engine, which is essentially a music visualizer um, that procedurally generates random parties, largely for people to project on a wall during a shindig. So you can see that on their website. It's just like dancing things like it'll be like a dancing alligator and people throwing stuff around. And so if you have a party, you just throw it up on the wall as a little background. Um, And that is the only other thing that they've sort of done before this as aggro crab. Um other agro agro-crab, agrocrab team members include Joanna Lynn, Felix Peasley, Sam Strick, and Luis Mello. And they all look delightful from the photos that I've seen. Very smiley, lovely people. Um, they released going under in September of 2020 as a satirical roguelike dungeon crawler that spoofs startup culture, big corporations like Amazon and capitalism in general. And they were inspired by basically being surrounded by tech bros when they were in college, like all these sort of dudes who were going to go out and start their own startup and everything in Seattle. They were like, oh, dude, you know, just looking at that and thinking about ways they could uh, riff off that. And thus, the game involves a lot of riffing off the absurdities that they saw in startup culture, like just taking ideas to ridiculous extremes. For example, Fizzle, the company that our main character Jackie works for, was inspired by the fact that in 2019, when they were making this game, the LaCroix water was at peak popularity. Yes, And they thought, like, what kind of dumb things would a startup do to try to capitalize on?
0: Oh, my gosh. And you're just gradually turning it back into Coca-Cola, aren't you? (laughs) You're adding caffeine. You're at. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like,
2: you know, okay yeah. It's you add all these kinds of things to it. And like, how about this seltzer water is now like a full meal supplement. Right. Like that's a stupid idea in practice, but exactly the kind of thing a startup would come up with. I totally drink that. Uh, So most of the humor in this game sort of comes from them yes-anding each other about stuff like this and being like, well, what if, you know, a startup did this? What if a startup did this? And being like, yeah, let's just throw that in there. Which leads to sort of things like the winky-dink offices being adorned with giant eggplants labeled low-hanging fruit that you can use as weapons. Yeah. Uh, and in terms of the game style, uh, they said, we decided on making an action roguelike before we even settled on startups as a core theme. So once we started crafting the world in the narrative, we took a step back and said, what style of combat would really feel like an office brawl? From there, we took a lot of cues from Breath of the Wild for designing combat that feels loose and chaotic, yet rewarding to improve that. Now here, of course, is what I love most of all. Uh, in a game I love a lot on just about every level. You guys know that I love a good anti-capitalist message in something.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, And so when asked about the message in an interview, he said the game's message was always more of a cry for help than a manifesto or a call to direct action. But if there's one message it's willing to die on a hill for, it's one of workplace solidarity and a larger class solidarity beyond that. All of Jackie's coworkers start off extremely willing to put her beneath them in some way, even those who sympathize with her tough situation do so out of pity, not because they see her as their peer. As the story progresses, we see that even those with a paid position at Fizzle are just as stuck as Jackie is. Regardless of whose material conditions happen to be better at the moment, they're all being screwed over by the owners in similar ways, and they'll ultimately need to work together to break free. If there's one message I could give to a young person playing this, it'd be that union is not a dirty word, and don't let anyone tell you that it is yeah nice. <laughs> yeah That's awesome. and this i I love that like so in this interview too, you can tell that the the interviewer is sort of kind trying, trying to press them on their politics and things like that, which are pretty clear in statements like yeah. that as it is but he says outright, this Nick comedy says, if I had real ideas, I'd be writing real political rhetoric instead of video games. I mean, I feel like I'm being led on to say capitalism is the issue here. And while the game is undoubtedly critical of modern capitalism, I wanted to stay away from direct political prescriptivism as much as possible. Part of that is because I'm a coward, but it's also because I don't think it's right to tell people how they should be resisting. Like I said, we're not interns. We own our own business. So while I'm super pro-union myself, I'm fundamentally against sending a message akin to just univ- unionize and then everything will be cool lol workers themselves know better than anyone else what's right for them and what needs to change about their conditions more people just need to listen to them to have some damn empathy for each other so i love that in this game and that is sort of the driving you know uh, core of what this game is and, and they're very clear in their in various press stuff and interviews and things like that, that while it's, you know, funny and tongue-in-cheek and all this kind of stuff and makes fun of tech startup culture, they really wanted to make sure that throughout this, they were always punching up and that none of the humor is at the expense of the people who are being exploited by this system. Um, and so, yeah, I that's basically, you know, how this came together and what... Uh, they were trying to accomplish with this game yeah fantastic mm-hmm. nice
1: of course there's a yoku connection
2: <laughs> <laughs> i know when i was reading up on that i was like oh what games did this company make because i'm like reading all these articles and they're like yeah they're like a really big deal and then i'm reading the list of them i'm like oh yeah i've heard of that i've heard of that i've heard of yoku
0: oh man yes. <laughs> nice. sounds like you should play the rest of that list
1: yeah, <laughs> <Like> that's, that's <laughs> going to go on through
2: the entire list of everything that they've Team made. Yeah, bucket list stuff right there. Whenever they're on sale, there's like twenty of that Worms franchise, so that could keep yeah, you busy are. for a long time.
0: Yeah, I this did underscore for me how much I need you to play Disco Elysium. Remember, this is the the game that in their Game of the Year acceptance speech, the creators thanked Marks and Ingalls.
2: <laughs> like wow. it's a
0: game yes. about. Radical leftist politics and about racism and about sexism and about all kinds of things and the way those ways those work together. Which I love, Um,
2: like, as, you know, a concept, obviously, it's very rare that something that is, like, making a point like that, I also have fun playing. Yeah, That is the, you know, the confluence of my particular leftist political views and the fun in the game is rare. It seems like those tend to be sort of inversely proportionate
0: yeah you you also said meal replacement earlier and it just reminded me that that phrase is such an anathema like whoever looked at a meal and was like you know what we should do not this what about <laughs> dude what if we replaced it what if we just replaced it
1: i would 100 percent do that if you could just be like hey here's your soylent and i know it's actually a company and they actually do yeah, this that's actually but if thing. it was like if it was the same price if it was cheaper than food i guess is when I would actually start that's doing cuz
2: that's I've listened yeah. to um, Brett Goldstein's podcast Films to be buried oh, with. I oh my god, yeah. it's so good. Uh, okay. and he, there's a crossover episode with James Acaster's podcast which is about food. So they did a comic relief episode that brought those two together. And in that episode Brett Goldstein talks about how eating is a chore and he has no interest in doing it and he just does it because like he has to do it to stay alive. And and like what Eating is my only joy in the That's world. He's also a very fit man. He is, but it's not like a That's fitness a... thing. It's not like he's okay, like uh, okay. you know, yeah. It's not like he's like, oh yeah, to stay in shape, food is like right. a thing I have to do. I he's like, protein. no, I just genuinely do not enjoy having to think about what I eat or That's the thing like going yeah, you know, like he's like, I have no interest in that.
1: Yes. Cause I love food. I've eaten with both of you many times. I love food. <laughs> give me a cheeseburger, give me a Five things of fries, it's great, but it's the idea of having to think about it and the stress and the anxiety about, like, how much yeah. do I eat? Am I hungry right now? Should I stop eating? But this is really good. Two scoops, four scoops, whatever. Yep. So if it's just like, no, like, I had my cup of soy latte, I'm good. Mm. Like, that, like, the ease of, like, my, like, intellectual and, like, emotional level,
0: that sounds really nice for that. <laughs> Guys, food kicks ass. You know, I love food like, ass. I don't, I don't want to, you know, get too controversial, but... Like, I like food. Very pro
2: food. Yeah, yeah. I'm on yeah. the fence. You this, know? I have this issue also, like <laughs> with Mark and his like it, when he gets back from the gym, he just eats plain chicken.
0: Oh yeah, get I, that like, protein immediately. Just, like
2: no salt or anything yeah. on it, just straight chicken.
0: They don't sell seasoning in the United Kingdom, I first. Yeah, I don't think
2: that that's a so, thing that's there. True. You know, we don't have cheese. They don't have seasoning.
0: We only have so. American cheese. Yeah,
2: that's the only, only kind of cheese. American cheese. <laughs>
1: My experience playing this game <laughs> was slow. I think I called, or I slacked both of you, because it's Corey's game. I didn't want to just go to Jason and be like, Jay, have you beaten this yet? Tell me how to beat it. <laughs> I went to both of you, and I think I just said, this game is frustrating. Mm-hmm. Because my experience in the first hour was going to the dungeon, and what's it called again?
0: Joblin. The Joblin.
1: Yeah, and just trying to hit them with ping pong paddles and light fixtures and swords and whatever else I had and just dying and then Corey's advice was like well you know I like the idea of like you slowly get better over time and like you learn the Joblins moves and blah, blah 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 and you go and I did it again and again and again and I felt like I was getting worse and then a couple days later I set it down I picked it up and I saw a message from Corey in Slack that was basically like you know I turned on I don't know if you said you could or if you I did turn on I said you could. the uh you could, yeah, turn on. Oh, yeah.
0: oh, the sneer, Corey. I said, <laughs> I mean, posers can. I'm all about
1: give me God mode, give me infinite uh, lives, right. give me whatever to well, let me right. have fun. I was in trying a game, to make right? it
2: more fun. Yeah. I was totally. like, if you're hating this, then, you know, easy mode. Yeah. <laughs> and put it on That's the easier great. one. There's no reason to suffer through the game. By the way, we didn't exactly say what this game is, um, like, in terms of like, what the plot of the game is. Let's do that.
0: Jason, take us through the plot. Okay. You're an intern at Fizzle? Fizzle. 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 Uh, You start your first day of the job. You just graduated from college. You got a BA in marketing. You are ready to market the shit out of some Fizzle. Mm -hmm. People are going to be pronouncing it fizzle And they're (laughs) going to be, like, sneering at each other. It's going to be good. And your boss is like, hey, welcome, intern. Super excited. Uh... Let's uh let's get you started on uh, kind of your first task, and that's um ne- gonna need you before we get started on the cool marketing stuff. Gonna need you to clear out the dungeon for us. We got we got some underground levels. Uh, got some goblins in there, some joblins. Um, just, just go in there and just just go kill some monsters. Which we've all been interns before, right? Like we get it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, she has a great reaction of like, wait, kill, like, like murder kill." He's like, "Yeah, yeah," but they're not like they're not people, people. Like, just yeah, yeah, yeah. just take care of it. It's like, I don't know if I can do that. He's like, well, I thought you wanted this job. I thought you were a real go you know, That's a shame to hear. And so uh, you, you jump down a pipe Mario style, except also more like Silicon Valley Mario style, where it's also like a slide. Like, what a fun way to get from yeah. one exploitative <laughs> moment to another. Like, whoo, slide. <laughs> bloop, bloop, bloop. And, uh, and you, you can pick up items in the environment. Uh, most of the things around you are uh, destructible or at least knockdownable. And sometimes pick up, pick upable like big walls and like things you can just pick them up and throw them at somebody. And, uh, you just, you just go nuts on these guys until you get to, to the bottom of the joblin dungeon. And there is an over caffeinated joblin who, um, is, is all about efficiency and getting things done fast. You beat the boss, you back up to the top and they're like, Hey, what about doing it some more? What about, uh, we got some other dungeons. we got some more, this some more that. Um, and we got some tasks along the way. We got some mentors. We got some. We got some systems that we could track on top of this. All the while, incisive commentary about capitalism and tech startups just kind of percolating through, like the coffee maker I never bought but wanted to. <laughs> but it was like sixty joblin points or whatever they are.
2: Um, Unless you use the company card, I didn't get that far. There's a company card. Yep, you just. It's like. I swear, you guys, like, these are early things in this game. I don't know how far you got, but Marv gives you the company card fairly early on.
0: I, pl- I played for two hours. I beat the Joblin.
2: <laughs> and it was either. It was either. I thought, wait, are they not all Joblins? The little goblin guys? In the Joblin dungeon, they're Joblins, but then you go into like Winky Dink and.
0: Uh, I tried Winky Dink once. Sticks coin. I to the design, but I, I wasn't ready for it. <laughs> uh, but I, but in the Joblin Dungeon at the bottom, there's a Joblin, and his name is Joblin. Oh. The Joblin. I don't know. Uh, he's very. So he's a Joblin too. Him. He's a Joblin too. We're all Joblin, and they think that you're a Joblin. Google gobble. Google gobble. The guy who's gonna sell you stuff. He says, uh, "Hey, so as a fellow Joblin, you know, and you're like, oh, I'm not a Joblin. I'm a human." And he's like, whatever. <laughs> that's funny. And like the fourth time you say something, about it he's like, "Listen, you're not a human. Because if you're a human, I'd have to kill you." right so clearly you're a joblin right you're like that's right i also am a fellow joblin (laughs) hello fellow joblin um he's like that's what i thought all right now can i sell you some things can we move forward on this um a metaphor for for kind of creating these uh rainbow coalitions across uh identity disparities across differences right um maybe Mm. i I, kind of buy with this game actually um (laughs) <laughs> and evidently you get a company card at some point. And I hope that enables you to kill your boss. Cause the most fun I think I had in this game was when I just went up to the boss's office and just like started wrecking stuff.
2: Destroyed <laughs> that
0: place. Oh, I just took it apart. It was great.
2: Yeah. Uh, it was yeah. great. See, this is interesting to me. And one of the things that I did kind of suspect is I like, and this is not to be like, you guys should have played this more if you were hating it and having a terrible time. That's not what I'm saying. But I did get the sense. That I was like, they haven't played it that much. Like, In terms of, like, getting, because it's really, you move along pretty quickly in terms of getting stuff from people when you talk to them. And, Mm. well, I I was just going to say, so, like, when I was moving through this game, I was confused when it was, like, you, you know, you were asking, like, like, when I described things to you and you had never heard of, like, all these things I was talking about. I was, like, I built skills, like, within two hours, I had built up enough skills that. I could figure everything out, you know, like things weren't like super frustrating anymore. I was like, okay, got it. So I, if I go to this person, I can make them a mentor and they will, I will get the skill from that person for a mentor. So like Marv gives you a company card if you're his mentor or if he's your mentor and you go down and you go buy that coffee maker and come up and then you get another mentor skill from him and another task and like everybody gives you these things. So like I generally used um, Swamp yeah as my mentor with an o. because it was like right. you thank you yes, yes. with an O uh, because when you get Swamp and you build up your stuff with him, it's like you get like these little cubes that will have random like weapons or health or things like that in them. Um, he will steal something for you from the shops. Uh, So when you go in and, like, especially if you're low on health, you walk into the shop and, like, you know, you go to him first and he'll steal a random item for you. Um, And so a lot of times you can get some health out of him stealing something for you if you don't have enough to buy things. Um, And, like, bit by bit, like, the way that I looked at this was that at first when you go into this game, and I think maybe because my mindset was this, too— when you go into this game, you do not have the skills because you're a marketing intern to do any of this stuff. And so you keep going down and you keep dying because you don't have anything. But every single time you come back up, you talk to every single person in the office and they give you something or like, you know, somehow you gain more skills simply from talking to them uh, bit by bit. And then you know, you learn how weapons work, which ones work best for which kind of, like, fight, you know, which ones work best in each area. So, and I felt like I was improving and actually gaining skills, which rarely happens with me in a game. Right. Where I feel like I've made any forward motion at all. That's cool. I was yeah. like, oh, I'm actually making progress here, which is exactly the journey the intern is on, too. What Jackie is on is as she moves forward, she's also getting better at this, and she's in this conflicted ed space of being like, I'm getting better at this, but this isn't my job, so I'm kind of proud of myself. Yeah. But also, I shouldn't be doing this? <laughs> so, yeah.
0: So the issue we ran into there is uh, Ben doesn't like to read, and he's never played a roguelike before. Right. Yes, this is true. And so probably just going back into the job one thing and just dying again, right? <laughs> right. And uh, case in point, he moved over to Hades after this and had a great time. And I think one of the main differences is... Just kind of that it leads you through the dialogues. There's lots of reading simpler. in Hades, okay? There's, there's reading, right? There's there's lots of you're not you have not the. Voices I know how on. to read. There's good but voices. Yeah, I
2: just watched the first fifteen minutes of it on YouTube, and they they spoke all the yeah reading parts.
0: Oh but. really? But oh yeah, yeah, there's voices. They're good. You should you should unmute your game. Um, <laughs> you're
2: reading unnecessarily,
0: listener. I want you to know the the look on Ben's face of shock. That, that, maybe, the trail. That, that there's a volume control. I'm wasting my reading calories. On, yeah, you're reading calories. <laughs> Are you now turning it on just to listen just because you want to hear the voices?
1: Um, maybe maybe I have just been reading unnecessarily.
0: Also, all the voices were done in-house. It was all uh, the coders. The Zagreus's voice, for example, is uh, the composer. Oh, that's cool.
2: Which, by the way, I will also say there's not a lot of voice work in this, but the voice work mm. that is in this is also the people from the office. They, they are. It reminded me of like spirit fair. I'd be like, mm, oh, <laughs> yeah, get, like the tone of their voice.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I said, there were two reasons, right? The first mm-hmm. is, you know, Ben didn't do this because he doesn't like roguelikes and he doesn't like to read or he, he hadn't played roguelikes and he doesn't like to read. And I had played roguelikes. I love roguelikes. They might be my favorite genre. So I knew that that was lurking yeah. there for me, which but just every time I oh, go ahead. talk to someone, oh, just yeah, what just happened, good. Corey, you and me, that's what mm-hmm. happened. hmm. It would just be. Uh, I. Yeah. Have a quest. Right. For you. Now, here's a paragraph that's funny, or it would be funny if you weren't hitting A as hard as you can right. to try and get through it because it's just slowly kind of filling up that bubble. Yeah. And so that that was just a bug that I ran into.
2: Yeah, I feel like it. the experience would be so different if it had not been like that for yep. you. Yep. Uh, and I was actually thinking, I it didn't occur to me till I was like sort of writing out what I liked about this and, and also researching what this was because obviously I did not know what a roguelike was or anything like that before we played this. Um, and... I realized that the game that caused Mark to smash his controller mm-hmm. oh, is a roguelike. wow. Mm-hmm, returnal. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. What a great story that And
2: was. I was like this, because he had described it. He's like, <laughs> right, <laughs> calmly, rationally smashing his controller on the patio
1: with like he had people like in his house like guests he visiting people, think, it, right? it was like
2: his mother-in-law was there yeah
1: yep. <laughs> he lost the returnal and like walked outside and smashed the like hundred dollar ps5 yeah. controller into That's, the... i googled
2: how much it cost yeah. afterwards and i didn't say it to him when he told me this like especially initially when it was like it had just happened i was like this is very raw but i was like that is really <laughs> fucking expensive
1: of his response because i think you asked you're like oh have you kept playing and he's like I haven't allowed
0: myself to buy another controller. Yeah, yet. yeah, I, won't.
2: That's, <laughs> yeah I won't do that's it. That's the
0: perfect summation of Mark right there, right? Smashing the controller, but also the self-control to say, like, but I I don't deserve another one.
2: Yeah, I don't deserve another one of these. That was on me. I'm not ready that's yet. That's
0: great. I'm in punishment right now. I'm in timeout.
2: <laughs> yeah. see. Exactly. Yeah. But all that to say, he had described this to me, and I didn't totally get it where he had said, oh, like, you know, you get through a level and you get so far and you get so far and you think you've, like, made it. And then you die, and you go back, and it's procedurally generated, so it's a new scenario, which is exactly what happens in this, which now I know is a roguelike thing. I didn't know that at the time. But I was like, oh, okay, because it took me a couple times, too, where I thought I was imagining it, because I'm not a super observant person. I was like, I feel like things are different this time than the last time I went through this. But
1: only a little different. But
2: only a little. Like, your weapons are different or things like that, but... You know, I was like, oh, and then when I read this, I was like, ah. So when I saw that, I was like, okay, you, I understand your frustration through Mark's frustration with Returnal and how he'd described that, where, again, I think I, I had leaned in from the beginning of this game and took it as a part of the headspace I was supposed to be in as the intern. And that made it so I was where I would have been more frustrated usually with dying over and over and over again, I was like, this is the point. (laughs) And so I was just like, it's fine. And I'm getting better at it. And I kind of like just swinging shit. You know? Like It's really satisfying in this game when you connect with something, you know? That is true. it, It feels really good when you hit someone with something, like, you know, and I don't have, like, a ton of, like, strategy, or anything like that. It's like basically figure out a weapon that works well against a particular enemy and then just kind of go crazy. Yes. And, you know, that seemed to work for me most of the time.
0: I'm, a, I'm resisting going into a 20-minute history of roguelikes uh, <laughs> that would wander into the Berlin roguelike definition. I did see that on the wiki. Before ending with explaining that what all of the, what we're talking about are clearly roguelites if that, and the true roguelike people care about those things that matters to them, it does not matter to me at all or any of us. We don't care. Uh, you die, you start over, world different. That's it. Yes, that, That's about it. Often they have, like, upgrades. Um, but um, this is my favorite genre. I love it so much. It's so, so much fun. And, Corey, I need you to play Hades. I need it, I need it, I need it. Because- like so
2: I did watch that video because I was interested. I mean, I, I cannot express to you. You can see it in me. But how much I loved playing this game. Yeah, uh, yeah, totally. And I, you know, just every, I think I played, <laughs> which I've told you guys, I looked up how long it's supposed to take you. And it's like 12 to 14 hours. And I think I played like 22 Wow, that's it. awesome. And like there's still other stuff I can play. Like there's imposter sure. mode that I can play and things like that in it. Like there's other stuff I can go I haven't done all the tasks. I can go back and still, you know, do that stuff. So there's more for me to play even yeah. after beating it.
0: So the heart of a good roguelike is that combat, right? It has to be yeah. tight. It has to feel good. And mm-hmm. the, it's exactly what you described, Corey, of there's no strategy to it. Mm-hmm. Because a good roguelike uh now the original rogue rogue it was turn based, but still it's, it's fast, and a, a roguelike act, or an action roguelike that I like, you play the game with your thumbs. You play it mm-hmm. completely in your fingers. It's not in your head at all, and everything kind of just kind of disappears, and it's beautiful in that way, especially as you get to new procedurally generated scenarios.
3: Right.
0: And yet you don't have time to think about it, because things are moving, and it's great. Yes. Hades is going to hit all of those buttons for you, yeah. and this game didn't, and we've pointed to some reasons, but largely, I think this is just a personality thing, you talked about how good it felt for you to hit somebody with something Mm -hmm. in this game. And I didn't have that feeling. Mm -hmm. I have no idea what it is. Right. I'm not going to point to it and be like, well, let me talk about it. I, you know, when you hit somebody with a chair, it felt good. When I hit somebody with a chair, it didn't feel good. I don't know. Right. Brain, (laughs) brain not give me good chemicals when I hit it. I want good chemicals though. Um, (laughs) But I do think that, that you're going to like Hades and you should check it out because it's, it's so many different people from so many different experiences, have liked it, that I think it will give you a similar experience of, ooh, my thumbs, they're having fun. Yeah. And I'm just kind of watching it happen.
2: And I will say the thing that I imagine is probably going to happen with Hades that happened with this, that is my one problem, is that, like, especially when it came to the end of this game, the final boss in it, um, my I have drift on my controller. Oh, no. And I don't know what it is about the way I hold the controller or what, but when I put it into the little, you know handheld thing i have a tendency to unlock it so it slides out yeah yeah and so anything where i have to use the left thumb a lot uh tends to be like a moot point so like i'll i'm in the middle of this and then i die because the thing slides out and i'm like oh no now i can't move anymore oh no so that was that was an issue for me more than anything else like my own controller made it so that, like, the very important element of this game didn't work. And I'm worried a little bit about that being a, the case with Hades as well. Just controller problems. But the Hades does look fun. Yeah. And this, I think every time I've seen any form of dungeon crawler instantly just the visuals of it have always looked intimidating to me
3: Mm -hmm.
2: and that i was like i just don't think i'd be able to do that there's too much going on but like you said it really isn't about thinking about it and there's something to the chaos of it that actually i think sort of soothes my adhd brain a bit like i was talking to my friend richard about um how when we need to like think we turn on like things that for neurotypical people would, like, be incredibly distracting. So, like, for me, very loud, very screamy, fast metal helps me to think. And then I'm like, oh, I can actually process. And this game has so much going on, and I assume sort of, like, these dungeon crawlers in general, they have so much going on that it really does kind of shut down all the processes and make you, like, think about just, like, do what instinctively you do. Mm Mm-hmm. And that works very well for me. So, and, and like I said, I think you know you've however many games we've played together. You know, one of the things that's a problem for me is just not improving on stuff. Like when if I start bad at a game, I finish bad at a game. That's it. And to consistently Dude. improve, yeah, was yeah. really fun.
0: You're better than us at this game. Can I shift this then instead of um, me? I, I want to leave my opinion on this game out. I wasn't a fan, but, but who cares? I want to talk more about your experience. Mm-hmm. And like one of the key, one, one of the moments that I think is typical for me of roguelikes is, you know, typical run and it varies by the roguelike. Um, but I'm thinking of this game is probably like half hour ish, 20 minutes to like yeah, get through
2: a dungeon. Yep. Yeah, that's about right. Which yeah. I
0: think is just that sweet spot. The the bad part about Returnal is they're four and five hour ones.
2: Right. Yeah. Which would and, be and much, much
0: more frustrating. <laughs> that's too long when you die. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But still with half an hour, did you did you beat the caffeine goblin your first time? No, no, absolutely not. So tell me about that feeling <laughs> of getting that close. Right, I finally got to the fourth level. Yeah, I'm there. I've got the boss. It's caffeine goblin. Tell me about that experience.
2: Yeah, I think I didn't totally. I think because it, I wasn't really paying attention to the little things showing me what I was trying to do. So it surprised me when I even got to the boss, and I was like, "Oh, there's a boss here." Okay, so for one, I hadn't really thought about what I was progressing towards. (laughs) So thus, I didn't have like, I wasn't in the headspace of like, oh, okay, I've made it. Now we now we kill this thing or whatever. Then also, again, when I when he killed me or whatever, my thought process was, okay, I didn't I didn't have what I needed yet. And I had fun doing all the other rooms. So I was like, I just get to do it again. (laughs) <laughs> that mm-hmm. was so weird. Mm-hmm. I was like okay all right yeah I went through this and I had a lot of fun doing that and now I'm going to go upstairs I'm going to get some more skills and I'm going to get to do it again and then maybe this time I'm actually going to kill the caffeined uh which also Thank you the caffeine. Yes Thank the caffeine. You. And then the second time I went through it wasn't the caffeined it was um I think it was the handsy guy.
0: Oh I don't know what's happening there. Oh but it, it, it's, two, it's going on our Twitter. It's going on our Twitter. That's what's happening there. <laughs> I'm not sending you the school. video. No. Bad, <laughs> bad. This is So so there's two Joblins the Joblin.
2: There's two bosses in Joblin. There's the caffeined and Mr. Hoverhands I think is the other one, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> or he might be in Winky Dink. There's two though. There's definitely two bosses in Joblin and one in in Winky Dink and one in Sticks Coin. But yeah, I think I just kind of like I was having enough fun that starting over didn't seem as terrible, especially because I think this is what's kind of fun about the procedurally generated thing is that I didn't have to do the exact same thing again, mm. which is what I think when that's, I die in other oh. things. Yeah. That's yeah. what bothers me is that I'm like, fuck, I did this and now yeah. I have to fucking do it again. Sorry for all the chicken noises. It's cool. But I like I hate that feeling of doing the same thing over and over again. And so when I'd start over and I get into the opening room, I'm like, okay, there's different tools in this room that I can use for this and, like, things aren't entirely the same thing. When I go through the next time, I'm like, it's basically like I'm doing a different level. It just happens to have the same boss at the end of it.
1: Uh, A light bulb just went off for me. and. Mm. As I do with every conversation I'm listening, I'm like, how does that apply to me? So, let me tell you. I'm practicing empathy. Uh, I'm not there yet. But Is that what it's called? I'm practicing. I haven't perfected it yet, okay? You fucking idiot. Uh,
0: no, I, no no, chickens were harmed during the making of this podcast, feelings. but two were
1: fucked. Oh, wow. Oh, so many chickens. See, I planned
0: that out so you'd, you'd have to cluck yeah. when it happens.
1: All right. I think i really enjoy doing the same thing over and over and over again mm. and when i'm thrown into a, situa- a situation where every time it's different i feel like uh i totally disoriented and like i failed it does kind of yeah okay on some level at least even if you even if it's not your experience you understand that
2: yeah and like as a thing that i think when you say that i think about other things we've talked about in games that you've liked and yeah. i haven't yeah. and we've never put these words like this before yeah. but Like, I keep on, you know, I always bring up and love to laugh at you hitting that door a bajillion times in Stanley Parable. Yeah. Which I would never do because I've done it once and I don't want to.
1: Reliable door.
2: Yeah. I'm like, I did a thing once. I don't ever want to try it again. Yeah. I don't want to see if it's different the next time around. That's it was what it was (laughs) and it's that's
1: it. And I like finding all the boundaries and the logical extremes to Mm -hmm. everything. And I need to like my walls to know exactly how far I can go. Right. And if it's different every single time, it's the most as I'm like it only realizing in hindsight. Now, it's the most frustrating experience. Yeah. Oh, I did this level. I'll be better at it this time. And it's a little different,
0: which to me means it's a brand new thing.
2: (laughs) So you aren't necessarily better. Yeah.
0: Yeah 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 wow. i kept my mouth shut Ben. when you were playing hades and you're like yeah, yeah yeah not the first boss but the second boss in the first world right because the first boss is the twins and you kept insisting the first boss is the mm-hmm. twins and i'm like so like mid bosses should only show up like half the time and there's different mm-hmm. mid bosses and i'm just gonna keep my mouth shut and you're gonna experience <laughs> this world and it's fun there's just different stuff's gonna happen
2: yeah oh no oh no
0: yeah yeah. <laughs>
2: um, okay, oh I do oh, have a clarifying so
0: question. Let's get out of my
1: brain for a minute. Uh dungeon crawler. We use I use that term and roguelike synonymously, but they are not
0: No, they are Tell not synonymous. The they are not
2: synonymous. A roguelike is a type of dungeon crawler.
0: Or is it the other way around? There's overlap. Oh, okay. Um so roguelike is a game where you uh there is permadeath. Right. when you die, mm-hmm. you die. It's done. And roguelites have added to this that but when you die you get upgrades to make it more doable next time so that's the, the real transition from roguelike to roguelite is the upgrade system and rogue-like, roguelikes also have to be procedurally generated um, I don't believe dungeon crawlers do and roguelikes also uh, commemorate your death in some way so often instead of a high score screen, it's like a graveyard hmm. right? and it'll be like this happened but typically, like especially old school rogue, really weird stuff can happen, and so it will be like the adventurer named Tim, and it'll just like procedurally generate the name of the character. Journeyed forty three levels into the depths of Azeroth, where he battled a Kako demon who slayed him with a fudge sickle,
2: like a Mad Lib.
0: Yeah, like a Mad Lib. Mm-hmm. Dungeon crawler can describe lots and lots of different kinds of games. Where you crawl through a dungeon, fight lots of enemies. Uh, Dungeons coming from Dungeons & Dragons, where it can either go up, go down. But you're generally traversing height, so that there are those levels. And there is generally a boss at the end. So in a sense, most games are kind of dungeon-based in some way. But dungeon crawler, uh, it tends to be that the joy is not to get to the objective. The joy is to crawl through the dungeon and kill those enemies.
2: Which, this also, see, this is like a a Revelations kind of game. This is, I also think about the fact that, like, I play Candy Crush every single day, you know? And it's like, it really isn't necessarily about, like, beating anything, you know? (laughs) Like, I'm never gonna beat Candy Crush. I just keep on playing these different levels every day, and it just kind of like, that's the... Do you just kind of moving forward this, with this thing and and accomplishing something, and you don't you also don't really get better at Candy Crush necessarily, but you kind of feel like you get the gist of it. And I'm like, yeah, it's exactly it's the same kind of thing for me. I'm just enjoying going through, hitting stuff, figuring out what things do, and that it's a little different every time. Not so different that I have to learn a new game every single time I die, but just different enough. That my experience is, you know, I'm doing something new, new and fun each each level. So yeah, I'm realizing that's that's what I really liked about this is that it's it, there's just enough newness to keep my brain going, and it's just difficult enough. When it did, I did turn on the assist when it got towards the end because I was like, I just I'm running out of hearts. And that's the only thing that is stopping me from getting anywhere is that I'm just, like, dying too much. There's too many characters hitting me or whatever. Um, but, yeah, like, and that's fine, too, having that little bit of help along when I was like, okay, now this is getting frustrating. I'm like, okay, work with that.
1: I'm looking up the most influential and biggest roguelikes of all time just to be like, what are some, like, classic ones? Yeah, yeah. I have not heard of any of them. <laughs> Well, the, the first one's gotta be rogue. Uh that's why they're called roguelikes. Uh, sure, probably. Just, just throwing that out. Okay. There. And then it makes sense that it would be the most influential if it named the genre after it. Uh and then I looked up Dungeon Crawlers and biggest and most influential. And one of the biggest ones is the one that we spent a lot of time on, Jason. Gauntlet. Yes.
3: Yes.
1: Holy hell. Which I don't think I would have known the name unless I saw a screenshot. <laughs> but Gauntlet, where you can be like a wizard, uh, other type of wizard, a nun. I don't know what you could be, but what else can you be? Is it just wizards? Uh, Valkyrie. Valkyrie, that's right. Blue. Valkyrie yes. <sighs> needs food badly. God, it's so good. But co-op too, right? When
0: we're playing together, we're like helping each other. Uh, helping or hurting. Because you can also destroy each other's foods.
2: When is this from, and what was it on? It's Atari originally. It was on everything, but it's from the eighties. Okay, it's from like the mid eighties. Like, I was like, I think I even know what yeah. this is. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm familiar with this. Yeah,
0: it was it was a uh, arcade game, and it went to uh, Atari, Nintendo. Uh, okay, various things. It was on everything, but gotcha. that um, wasn't
1: random. I think it's the procedurally procedurally generated thing. Yeah, that's thing the hangup. That's the hangup for me because yeah, it's the I'm yeah. fine going through and like I feel like I get better at stuff even if I don't get like acquired skills. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll do better next time because I know where the key is, right. is. But if it's just random. This
2: makes so much sense and now I out. feel like I, like I feel better about me too. it, I guess. So I was yeah. like, I don't understand what the disconnect is here in this game. I was like, how am I having so yeah. much fun? And Ben is like, this is my nightmare. And I just couldn't figure it out because I'm like, I don't see what's like so wildly different from anything else. Yeah. And that that absolutely makes sense as to why that would be, you know. And, and that, like, I don't, I don't learn from things, so, so it's okay if it's different. It's like you know how we, yeah, oh. when we like play any sort of like Monkey Island or any of those like Lucas things and stuff like that, you know, like there's like a part of me that's like I vaguely remember doing something like this when I played this 37 times before, yeah. but like not enough to actually really help me yeah. along. I just, I don't remember things. So- <laughs> go ahead, Jay. I
0: do want to say one thing I really liked about this game was the procedural generation, right? Mm-hmm. So each room that you're in, I don't think I ever went into the same room twice, mm-hmm. right? So there's, it's not like it's like there's seven rooms that you might go in and it procedurally generates by randomly pulling from that list, right, right of seven, seven rooms. Mm-hmm. It's like the room itself is like, what size will the room be? And that's somewhat randomized. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's going to be the theme? There's like three or four themes in each level. Uh, okay, this is more of kind of like a, a hangout space. Okay, this is more of a like workspace. Uh, all right, so there's a workspace, so it's going to have some desks with some computers. How should those be laid out? Should they be more circles? Should they be squares? Should there be a mix of circles and squares, right? So that each space felt both thematic mm-hmm. and also unique. Right. And that feeling is so hard to get. Um, one of my favorite things about roguelikes is the procedural generation, um, and it's it's actually a blend between Ben and Corey. Where Corey, you want something new every time. Ben, you want the same. I love discovering the same about the new, mm. right? So th- the thing about roguelikes is slowly you get a vibe for the creator, and you're like, oh, this is your deal. Okay, um, Ben, my one of my favorite games of all time, uh, Cinco Paus. Oh yeah, um, which I yeah love, absolutely love is a roguelike, very mild procedural generation, very short, deliberately written in Portuguese. Because it would be something that would have lots of cognates for many players. Yeah, it makes
2: sense, actually.
0: But also few, a small audience of people who would understand the game's language. So that there could be an in-game manual that didn't explain much. So you don't know how it works. Because the creator, uh, Michael Brogue, wanted to give you the feeling of discovering a game from a different country. Because he says he remembers... Michael Brogue. Yes, yes. His games are called Brogue-likes. <coughs> uh, and he's amazing. Not to be confused with the fantastic brogue, the fantastic roguelike called Brogue, which is also fantastic. And I should point you to that. There's a lot of Fantastics. Fantastic! <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the, he wanted to give you that feeling of discovering a game that's not for you, right? Of discovering a game that's, that's weird and wild. And so the really cool thing about it is the more you play that game, the more you feel like you're in his head and you mm. get to know him. And you're like, oh, oh, this is how that works. Oh, okay, so there, you typically have between three and five enemies here, but if they come together, they do this, and you've already given me a way out, and there, you get a sense of personality. And I think you really, really get a sense of personality in the procedural generation in this game, yes. in Going Under.
2: Also, this is like a side note, but that just made me think of this. I feel like there's very much a lot of the sense of who made this and everything about this game. Um. And a love for puns runs through it, for one. Um, But did you guys experience the hauntrepreneur in your playing at all? So it took me a while to figure out what this is. And this is one of my favorite little uh, tidbits of this game after a while. Like, I was afraid of using it at first. But so if you go into, you know, as you're moving through each level... The doors in front of you, you have certain things that you recognize on them, right? Like, the question mark is the going, moving forward in the game. Then sometimes there's, like, a little at symbol, and that takes you into the thing where you get the card that you can, like, capture a little Rolodex card of your enemies. And then there's, like, the um, push Mm -hmm. pin um, that gives you a skill. uh, And then the little price tag that's the store... But sometimes you get this smiley face thing with fangs.
0: Yes. Okay. That's his name. Entrepreneur. Liked him. The
2: entrepreneur. So you go in to these rooms with the entrepreneur and he gives you sort of a cryptic thing. Like, okay. For the next for th-
0: three levels. Yeah.
2: For the next three battles, you will be stuck in your own head. But you get these three things in the background. Uh, and they'll be like, maybe it's like health, a skill, and a weapon. And there are, you know, these things that you might want. And at first, obviously, you have no idea what these things are going to do to you. So you have to decide whether you're willing to risk having some sort of terrible thing done that's going to make it impossible for you to beat this level. But you get those things. Um, So, for example, if you get the one that where you're stuck in your own head, it's like this weird everything is like you only have like this weird field of vision so you can't really see what's going on around you or like one of them is like uh you must move forward at all costs and you literally can't stop moving or move backwards for any of those battles uh and so you kind of have to like you go in and you weigh like do i want the things enough that are back there to deal with the problem that he's going to deal me as well and i just thought that that was so much fun it was like a thing that kind of also pushed me out of my comfort zone because i tend to take the path of least resistance on things but again because i wasn't as caught up in being like i have to like beat the boss or whatever things like that i was a little more willing to be like all right i know i'm probably gonna play this level like four or five times what do you got for me? Let's see if we can try yeah. this, you know. And it was very fun to to experiment with those and see what you would get as a result and how good those tools were and things like that. I love the skills you gain in it.
0: It also does that with challenges, right? There's little rooms mm-hmm. that sometimes you walk through a room and it'd be like, oh, sweet. I could just walk through this room. Yeah. No big deal. Or. But, <laughs> but it says there's a challenge. It mm-hmm. says there's a little thing I could do. And if you do that thing, some enemies appear. If you beat them, you get a prize. Yeah, right.
2: Like in Sticks Coin, um, you can like you can either walk through a room, or if you beat a bunch of enemies, you get Sticks Coin, so you can buy stuff. Or uh, in Winky Dink, uh, you can just walk through the room, or you can go on like a Winky Dink date, like a Tinder date, and you have like three different monsters you can pick from. And if you win, then that monster goes with you and fights on your side. That's cute. <laughs> like, so And the, yeah.
0: the feeling of, of this kind of roguelike, because those systems are not unique here, right? Both the challenge and the curse system. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, uh, Hades has both of those as well. Uh, but, but it's not unique there either, right? These have been right. a, around for a bit. But the feeling you get of risk-reward, right? Of balancing those things um, and of learning to play across multiple playthroughs, right? So that you might be in a place and you're like... Ooh, I wanna take, do I want to take this risk or not? And you check and you're like, I'm at full health. I haven't made it this <laughs> far with full health any- before. Yeah. I think I'm just going to plow through like and go to the next thing. Right? Or you go through and you're like, I only got one heart left. Let's take on these guys. Yes. See what happens. <laughs> and maybe I get full hearts at the end. Maybe I get a, a bazooka. I don't know. We'll find out. Yeah. Or maybe I get something that will help me on my next playthrough and not even this one.
3: I have
1: a question. I played Hades the other day and I got through the first world. And then I was like, I'm going to take a break. When I play again, do I get to start at the second world? Or do I have to go through the entire first world every single time I die? It it saves.
0: It saves (laughs) in the room that you're in. Oh, do you mean when you die? Oh, yeah. You go back to the beginning.
2: Oh, no. Uh, Oh.
0: Cool. (laughs) But now this Hades is in some sense a shorter game than this. Because to go from the first room to beat the final boss is about half an hour. To go through all four worlds. Mhm. All four worlds, about half an hour. Oh. but you're gonna get fast at it, Ben. World
1: one, you're gonna be like breezy and twist. It took me like hours to get through the first world, like on yeah.
0: multiple attempts, obviously. And and you'll get faster at that. And there will be a time where it's like you're getting to the second world every time, but you can't get through it. And then you'll die in the first world once. You'll be like, I didn't even get to the second world that time. And then you'll get through it and you'll nail it. And I like yeah, I don't yeah, want to yeah. say more about that because the game is really good it's going to keep to keep to that pattern of you do have to start over, but it's going to be really good about rewarding you and giving you breaks and patting you on the head and saying like, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. I know it's got, that got scary. It's okay. Come here. (laughs) Um, And Ben, you, it sounds like you have not been, you have not gone through the chaos doors yet in Hades. Then every once in a while, you'll see a a hole in the floor instead of a, a door to the next room. And if you go in, it will take health and it'll tell you how much it'll be like minus 22. And so if you go in, it takes 22 of your health. Before you even get to basically the entrepreneur, the guy who's like, all right, here's three curses. Which one do you want? <laughs> but it, it takes you out of the way before that starts. And then it might be now you have a third of your health left. Your entire health bar.
2: I'm just watching Ben in real time. Like, so angry. do I? I was enjoying this game. I think I might hate it. <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> but he gives the best upgrades. So, so he will be like, but if you make it through that, you get this reward. And the reward is now for every like, drop of whatever currency you get, you get four of them or you get three of them. It's like, oh, what? Like just triple it? I, mmm, mmm, mmm. Now I'm thinking, right? So he gives these really big rewards. And really- this
3: game's
1: pretty fun with frustration when I was all done, I just had to question. What's the beer? What's the song? I can't always tell. I just want to know what game is West e 12? I went with a mason jar margarita because they're delicious. But every time I have one, I'm like, oh, this is like a fancy drink that's really fun. Why am I like slumming it in this like mason jar? So, so we're me, just talking
2: like, about like a margarita, but in a mason jar, not like this yeah. isn't a brand or anything. Okay. yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Just,
1: no, yeah. just making sure I'm following. I'll, it probably is. But yeah, no, I'm just saying like in the mason jar. And I drink almost everything out of a mason jar because that's what we have. It's free glassware. But yeah, to me, it's like the idea of the game, the visuals of the game, really, really fun. I like the idea but the, it's bottled into something that I just did not click with. And I don't know if that's roguelikes as a whole or if it's just the fighting style of this. But I just felt it very punishing, like, emotionally, I guess, playing it. <laughs> um, I think this is the first time I've talked about the gameplay, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but I I did not thoroughly enjoy it. But I will report back. I'll give Hades a try this month. I'll report back to see if I can get on with, with roguelikes.
2: I yep. would lo- like... I would love if after you've played other ones, if you return to this at some point and just see, you know, unless every roguelike after this, you're like, oh, I hate this, too. Yeah. But like, like, I would just be interested if there were a way to get into the mindset of it.
1: Yeah. yeah, You know, now that I know what the issue is.
2: Right. Like, (laughs) now that you figured out, like, oh, this is why I hate this, if it would change it at all or anything. Cause
1: even the idea that Hades won Game of the Year last year on like so many different websites and was so awarded, I was like and I, I didn't know this that this was why I didn't like them, but I was like, this, these don't really like jive with me very well, but for whatever reason, like how do so many people like these types of games that could win Game of the Year? Like that concept right. kinda of blew my mind. Yeah, totally. So anyway, who's next?
0: Red Robin. Bottomless Raspberry Limeade. Oh, those are so good. Mm. It's one that, like, I, you start to drink it, and I'm like, all right, all right. Yeah. And then, you, like, you take them a few more, and you're like, ugh, I don't know. It kind of leaves me queasy. Mm. But you have to drink five of them, because it's bottomless, and you have to get your money I think th- I think this is making my tongue hurt. <laughs> I, don't li- I don't like this. I don't... Well, it's empty now. Oh, they filled it up again. I guess there's more. Well, I don't have to drink. Tr- there it goes. I'm drinking it. Why am I drinking it? I don't like it. I keep drinking it. Uh, I want to... I I was trying to search for something that was like, this isn't for me, but for some reason I can't stop, and I keep going, and I keep going, and it just feels like hitting my head against the wall. Uh, But that that was my feeling with this
2: one. (laughs) Fair enough. My drink is a coconut LaCroix, because everyone hates it, and it sounds like a bad idea, but I love it, and it's my absolute favorite flavor of it. (laughs)
1: <laughs> That's perfect, especially after the last hour-long conversation we had.
2: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I feel like nice. that pretty much sums it up. And then song? My song uh, is "Chant" from Hades Town, which is uh, amongst my favorite, favorite, favorite musicals. And Hades Town is like a a myth-based play about Orpheus and Eurydice. And uh, Persephone and Hades and all that jazz. Uh, so it may also apply to ha- to the game Hades, but I don't know. But anyways, in regards to this, the song Chant uh, has to do with these people who are sent down to work. In Hades, essentially, because they can't get what they need in the regular world. It's winter all the time and everything is miserable. So they make a deal with Hades and they go down and they work. But eventually they start to forget who they are. They forget their own names. They become these sort of faceless, mindless workers that are just singing about how great work is. And that's it And so Chant is just this sort of like Driving chain gang sounding song By these people who have forgotten who they are uh, In the underworld Which is exactly what happens With these monsters in this game Is that they they once were people These were startups and the people who worked for them But when they, you know Sort of went under and were exploited And all of that kind of stuff They forgot who they were And just became monsters instead
3: so, forgotten mm-hmm. the song of the love. Mm-hmm. Singing, oh, la, 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 head, <laughs> oh, you gotta keep the head low. <laughs> you gotta keep the head low. <laughs> oh, you gotta keep the head low. <laughs> oh, you gotta keep the head low.
0: Oh, I think we're on the same page. <laughs> uh, because, um, there is no I, I chose, uh, thank you. I, I changed this up. In the middle. I called an audible. Mm. I didn't like my first song. Okay. And, and you inspired me with your discussion about Agro Crab. And I chose uh, for my song, the old IWW song, uh, Solidarity Forever.
2: Oh, yes. I love that.
0: It is we who plow the prairies, built the cities where they trade, dug the mines and built the workshops, endless miles of railroad laid. Now we stand outcast and starving amidst the wonders we have made. But the the union union makes us strong,
2: makes us strong.
3: Solidarity forever, solidarity forever, solidarity forever,
1: for the union
3: makes us strong.
0: Did play it over Zoom at our first AAUP meeting. Oh, I was like, Beautiful. What, what band is this?
2: <laughs> IWW, not familiar. Like, I've never heard of IWW. That's cool. Not the catchiest name. It's, but...
1: it's uh, the International Workers of the World. <laughs> I'm clicking on the link and I'm just like, yeah, got it. I'm there now. Especially because Corey's reaction was like, oh, sick. I oh, love yeah. their guitar solos. That's what I read into that.
2: What that's, force that's like earth? absolutely my personality to like act like a union is like rockstar okay. oh nice yes Watch it is it. Exactly. Yeah.
0: yeah sweet um, iww they have a new they dropped a new <laughs> single no way cool yet what force on earth is weaker than the feeble strength of one but the union makes us strong fuck yes chicken noise perfect so much chicken this month uh, can you tell them the kids are out of the
2: house yeah,
1: yeah chicken, right, noise, chicken exactly. noise chicken noise
2: <laughs> it's not just me swearing into the void this
1: week i pulled a i think it's Corey who's usually like oh, i was drinking this while i played the game so it reminds me of this and i went with my song yeah. this one uh and it, i can make it apply but it's uh there's a new netflix movie called vivo
2: Oh, I just watched that.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's a fun movie. Uh, it's yeah, it's a cartoon. Yeah, kind of
2: ups you a couple times in it, though, doesn't it? It's yeah. I was gonna say yeah. <laughs>
1: when you said ups. I thought you meant like oops. Like no. I was like yeah. It is like an oops. But I was gonna say, <laughs> but it's more like up. It does. The oops are kind of like upcore. Uh, yeah, it's an upcore movie. If that were a genre, upcore. Up yes.
0: <laughs> is there a word for mansplaining the thing I thought I heard you say?
1: <laughs> That's great. Oh man. A man self splaining.
3: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly
1: that So I went with the song My Own Drum by one of the main characters
2: who plays. My God, catchy as fuck that song. Ah. (laughs)
1: <laughs> by uh Yanara Lee Simo, written by Lin-Manuel Miranda, who stars in it and writes all the music, along with uh, uh, Lackamore. Um,
2: Alex Lackamore.
1: Alex Lackamore, who, again, Hamilton people. Um, but yeah, the, the chorus is, I bounce to the beat of my own drum. We're, oh, oh, sorry. I'm going to the last one. I'm a wow in a world full of ho-hum. I'm, I'm a wild young lady. Wow. I'm a wild young lady, but you know something? I'd rather be at home with my own drum.
2: Can you please... I'm sorry. I want you to finish that sentence. But also, I just really need for you to tag that to put in whenever you redo our intro. Yeah, I want you talking about you as a young lady. Oh,
1: yeah. I'm a wild young lady. You know something? I'd rather be at home with my own drum. That's what I I used to say all the time in high school.
2: I'm sorry, go on with the touching thing you were going to say about your daughters.
1: Seeing my kids connect with this, uh especially the one that doesn't necessarily fit in with kids her own age, it's been really cool. Uh because she definitely was like, "Oh, Gabby, that's me. I am that person who doesn't necessarily who kind of like lives in her own world. The other girls, they don't really like make fun of, but they don't really understand how she works." So, it's been cool to see that kind of be her anthem for the last like week or two or however long it's been out, but we've listened to it like every single day, many times. So, all right, recommendation station. What else have we been playing? Uh, Hades. Again, I'm just gonna go first. It's happening.
2: He's working on his empathy and his.
1: Uh yeah, a lot of Hades, and I will will be playing more. Yeah, that game is gorgeous, by the way.
2: It is, yeah.
1: And I hadn't realized that every level is different yet. <laughs> <laughs> I played like two hours of that game, I think, at
0: least. And I don't know. Anyway, I'm
2: ex- I'm excited for the slacks. <laughs> if Slack ever tells me that anything's happening.
0: Yeah. Now that someone else has noticed it, he can feel that because of his
1: empathy. Exactly. That's a really good point. Mm. Yeah, nice. Uh, I'm playing Last of Us 2 again. Wow. Why Why is there a question mark on that? I've, I don't know if I've ever, other than Red Dead, I don't think I've ever played another, like, a game that that's, that's that long. Again, especially after, like, just finishing it last month. Um, oh, okay. The first time, I, like, hated all the combat. And like just loved like went to it like it was like a movie or a book and just like devoured. I can't read, sorry.
2: Like it was a movie. I don't, so Yeah, just like a book, you know? How yeah. you just like you just tear through them because they're useless. Yeah. You buy it, and you put it <laughs> on your shelf. Right. You know how
0: other people feel about books? I felt those feelings <laughs> again. I'm very empathetic.
1: I don't get it. Anyway, uh, and then this time I'm skipping all the cutscenes and just like replaying levels for the combat. And I didn't realize it until after I was doing it, but uh, it's a very enjoyable game. And then this week I discovered Sniper Elite Four,
3: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: which is like the best parts of Hitman and all the worst parts times ten. There's zero plot. Actually, no. There's probably more plot than Hitman. Yeah, because Hitman's really bad plot wise. Um the but the only mechanics are the shooting through your gun one. All the other mechanics are frustrating as hell and don't make sense. You can't like climb up like you can't like run through bushes like it's very like 1999 style like mechanics it's weird but and you're the, playing
2: this on purpose
1: on yeah but the, the shoot the sniper mechanics are gorgeous and perfect and like when the bullet goes through someone's skull and then brain and then heart and they're like vertebrae explode everywhere it does
0: like a cutscene when you kill someone
1: every to time. like show the gore every it's time it's amazing
0: it's okay. cool <laughs> yeah. ben ben what if i told you that by purchasing the additional levels for hitman you would also get level access to the Hitman Sniper levels,
3: mm.
0: which is you don't get to move. You just start out, and you're zoomed in, and you snipe. And all you get to do in that level is snipe. Oh, that's so really fun.
1: So Sniper Elite 4 was free, which is why I bought it. Oh, there those. you
0: go.
2: There you
1: go. But... Price is right. Good purchase. When you said I had to buy something. That's, yeah, <laughs> that's tough. <laughs>
2: I think. You're trying to be a responsible I'll
1: adult. get back to you. Yeah. Having, oh, you know what we should mention at some point? Maybe this is for a month in the news, but a, a new product came out. Jason and I pre-ordered. We'll talk about that then. Um, so most of my fens, funds went towards that last month. So my, my video game budget's a little short in the next
0: few months, hey, I think. But, Hitman uh, 2 will be on sale again, I'm sure. Exactly. All right. What else have you guys been playing? I've been playing a lot of Hitman. Or watching. Or reading. I've been, I've been.
2: ooh, I want to talk about a book! <laughs> oh, look, look at the can of worms you just opened, again Look ben. at that!
0: Uh, Corey, I think I t- already told you about this. Um, and Ben, you were with me when I bought it. Uh, well, you were with me that day, not at that moment. Okay. And it's uh, Ken Liu's um, The Dandelion Dynasty series. Uh, so the first one is called The Grace of Kings. And, like, the the big level pitch on it, uh, if you were to read, like, the Publishers Weekly Review, it's going to say something about, like, Game of Thrones, but in China. Uh, like how Game of Thrones basically ripped off, uh, you know, particularly uh, British history, particularly the War of the Roses. This is pulling from uh, the Han Dynasty. But again, it's just like moments from it that are kind of cool, right? And within a completely new fantasy world. What I really don't like about the comparison to Game of Thrones, though, uh, and what I like about this so much more is that both are very realistic, but George R. R. Martin, I think, sometimes confuses brutality for realism mm, mm-hmm. and the real world is brutal yeah that's not all it is right. there's so much more to it in that than that and so you know these are fantasy epics they've definitely got some brutality in there but it doesn't seem to enjoy it mm-hmm. it doesn't seem really excited to show you like look how gross i can be and there's also moments of beauty and there's moments of just just tenderness and kindness and weakness um the first book centers on Two figures who you can tell right away based on the list of dramatic characters. These two are going to be involved with each other. Something is going to go <laughs> on here because they're the, the two first names that show up and they're all by themselves. Um, and they are they are, you know very different backgrounds. How will they interact? And over the first couple hundred pages, you're like, ah, now they're together and they're interacting. They have different points of view on the world. But a friendship has come about. Okay, this is interesting. And then, of course, the, the novel is going to tear them apart and pit them against each other.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And one of the things this novel does better than most novels that want to do that mm-hmm. is...
2: Sorry, I had to... Hu- you set it up. I was just humming level Terrace" apart.
0: Ah! ah. <laughs> Go and, on. Um, so, so what I like about this novel that uh, most novels that do that kind of thing don't do is it really helps you... I, I found myself alternating between which one I sided with. Mm-hmm. Such that at one point it was very clearly like, this person is in the right, this right. person is in the wrong. And then as it, it went forward, it wasn't like, but did I tell you that this person also was hurt as a child and they were sad ones? And it's like, well, now I guess Hitler's okay. You're right. <laughs> he, he had a puppy. Right. Uh, it's not It's not that kind of thing. It's just as it moves on, you see them change. You mm-hmm. see them harden in certain beliefs. You see them get more flexible in others. And suddenly you move to the other side. And kind of, And it does a great movement between those two characters while also having enough characters that you need three pages of, like, here are all the people in this. <laughs> and we haven't gotten to all the ones. Um And so, it's great. I just finished the first one. It was 500 pages long. Uh, Closed it up. Had immediately ordered the second one. Picked it up. Looked at the table of contents, and I was like, 900 pages. Let's do this.
2: Listen, in in pandemic life, that is a no-go for me. I'm in a strictly, like, in general, 350 is my sweet spot right now. Really? If we're going to get there. Yeah, that's about... I just don't have the, like capacity to sit and like focus on a thing for that long i mean and and it's very rare that that is the case like i can do that with like a stephen king or like some sort of horror like that kind of thing i will sit through your 800 to 900 page thing but it's rare
0: i never read more than 20 pages at a time it just takes me a month
2: oh this uh, see this is also the other thing because my memory is so bad and everything i can't put down a book so if uh, I read I have 2 days. <laughs> that's how I read a book. I'm like, so give me 350, I can knock that out in a Saturday, maybe a Saturday and a Sunday and we're good here. If you want me to read something that's like going to take me a month, I, that's not going to happen. <laughs>
0: no, I I only read in the bath and that would be a really long bath.
2: That would be a really long bath. That's true.
0: Yeah. I'm a I'm also a really slow reader.
2: That's a, and like ninety five percent of people are, <laughs> like, that is pretty normal. Uh, I don't. My mom is like a genuine like speed reader, and so I always think I'm a slow reader. But compared to most people, I actually read very fast.
0: Me- Megan's a speed reader as well. It, it all depends on what you're reading. Yeah, right. Well, and so, like, if I pick up a mystery novel, I try and read it like it's Derrida, and I'm like parsing every sentence. <laughs> I was like, no, it's it's not going <laughs> to no, help. No, that's just not make what. Yeah,
2: it. <laughs> it's not what those are for. You're supposed you're, to. not.
0: You're not having fun.
2: Yeah, I just bought like a you know Gibson's in New Hampshire just had a sale, uh, and so I just bought I bought two horror books and I bought two romance books, and I'm like, those those little romances are the little things that I'm like, this will take me two hours to get through, and it. Keeps me moving so that I don't, like, just stop reading or whatever. And it's... How do you stay focused?
1: Because I... My biggest issue with reading is I'll read 10 pages and be like, oh, I was thinking about what I need
2: at the grocery store. I was thinking about, like, a Game of Thrones episode or whatever. I mean... For the last five pages. Given that... I like to, like, figure out where I was. My ADHD brain, obviously, that is an absolute problem. And that's why, especially at times like these, I struggle. I read where there are other noises... And that is or I will artificially do so. So I'll put on coffee shop sounds in my headphones while I'm reading so that where normally my brain is filling in all my other thoughts. There is some form of other sound coming in to drown me out. And so it's just enough sound (laughs) that it drowns out Corey's inner monologue, but doesn't drown out what I'm trying to read. It makes you focus on the one thing that's standing out above everything. That's cool. Yeah. So I usually sit on my front porch and there's like a lot of noise on my street, but none of it is intelligible. It's not like people talking or anything like that. It's cars driving through. It's people's, you know, mowing their lawns, things like that. And I can sit there and there's just enough noise to focus
0: I I also, I think you pointed towards this at the end, but, like, a reading space, a reading nook, a reading, like, a a spot on the couch, a chair. That
2: trains your body that when I sit here, this is what I do.
0: Boom, focus. Yeah. Um, And that's the way the bath is for me. Mm -hmm. But I'll tell you, I spent the first 15 minutes in the bath reading one sentence tonight. (laughs) Because just, like...
2: I got yeah, stuff I can definitely on. do that. I just
0: I can't do it. Yeah. Can't do it. Yeah. It's not there. Yeah. Um and unfortunately my phone was getting low, and so I, I left it in the other room charging. Yeah. And so it's like, I've got no escape. <laughs> I guess we're gonna get through this. And then the next 15 minutes I read. And it was great. Yeah. Uh but but yeah, I just I, I stopped. I was like, I literally have been on one sentence for 15 minutes. <laughs> Nothing yeah. is happening.
2: I'll have that problem a lot too with like audiobooks. I'll I'll listen to audiobooks mm-hmm. when I'm walking. Um yeah. and uh, and I only do it when I walk. Like, if I'm at the gym, I listen to podcasts. But when I walk, I will put on an audiobook. But I'll have gone, like, a mile and realized that I haven't heard anything that was happening. Yeah. And then I'm like, how many minutes was that that I need to go back? Was it two minutes
0: or 20 yeah, right. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: That's no why idea. I can't
0: do... I can't do fiction as audiobooks, especially I'm if it's good. i
2: especially not great writing. with fiction as audiobooks. I, yeah. Very, very bad writing.
0: Yep. I found I could do dungeons and dragon novels and like, oh, liked them. I was okay. like, wow, these are terrible, yeah. but like, I can follow along what's happening. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay. Because
0: if, it, if it's, if it's literature, if it's fancy, mm-hmm. if it's, you know, doing metaphors and stuff, I'm getting distracted by the metaphor and then I'm thinking about it and then I'm reflecting on right. things and then I have and no then you're idea. Like,
2: what oh happened. no. Yeah. I've lost mm-hmm. it completely. Like, right. yeah. But if it's,
0: if it's nonfiction, it's like, eh, I missed a paragraph. Who cares? Yeah.
2: But They're just going to say it again
0: two pages right. later. <laughs> eh.
2: Like, nonfiction, yeah. I do pretty well with with audiobooks. But also, like, for our book club last month, we did the Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires. Yeah. And I went hiking with it, which is kind of a scary situation to be in. Yeah. And that put me in the zone where I totally could yeah. focus on it and was 100% cool. in the story because I was, like, on edge a little bit while... Yeah. While doing that, and that you know, since this whole conversation is recommendation station, Grady Hendrix, amazing that book, amazing, um, highly recommend. Uh, and this this month we're reading a head full of ghosts by Paul Tremblay, and so far I'm pretty invested in that as well. I love a good horror book. I mean, that's it's my two speeds with everything. I want either horror. Or like rom-com and nothing else. <laughs> and so-
0: Which is why Twilight is your favorite series of novels, because it combines both yeah. great flavors. Right. Famously. You like sushi, you like peanut butter, here you go. It's fish with peanut butter on it. You must love it.
1: There's got to be a peanut butter fish dish that would be good. Sure.
2: Right? I've had peanut butter on a that. burger. I did not enjoy it. But Ooh, yeah, so I assume. Peanut
0: butter fish dish. Be... Peanut butter pizza is pretty good. Ben, do you read, uh, when we're backpacking, like, do you get into it then Oh
2: when you don't or have no. any service or anything like that? Nothing else yeah. to do or you just go to bed? No,
0: no. You listen to,
2: you listen to music. I listen to
1: no podcasts, podcasts got it. and then I journal and just write. Yeah. 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 yeah.
2: But that'd be a good time to do it. I, that's fascinating too, that you, you write, but don't love to read. Yep. I think it's interesting. You love to write. You know? This is I do not love to read. <laughs> and you always have. Like, I mean your your journaling yeah. and sketching and things like that have always been like your thing and not necessarily reading. Although I can remember a few times like back in the day when you would read something that hit just right and it would like you'd be really into it. It just wasn't like a I want to do this all the time. I'm right. compelled to read all the books. Yeah, to yeah. read everything. Uh um, yeah,
1: I mean that's I'd rather read my favorite. 10 books over and over
2: mm-hmm. and
1: over and over. Then, like be like, Oh, a new book. Yeah. Which again, goes to everything we've been saying tonight about me. Yep. <laughs> mm. I'm a simple man. The
2: revelations. <laughs>
1: uh, any more recommendations?
0: Do, do men know they can just go to therapy <laughs> instead of having a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> well, we started this. Uh, um, uh, one more recommendation. I started uh, some new therapy last week. Uh, started using uh, that, oh. that therapy thing that's that's always advertised on the uh, the podcasts. You know the one, but they didn't give us money. Better help. I, not, I'm not. i avoiding it. I'm intentionally avoiding it. They didn't give us money. Oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> fair me, enough. Yeah. Give me chicken noises. Uh, give me Casper, chicken noises. <laughs> Casper Mattress. <laughs> Casper Mattress. <laughs> my favorite uh, therapist. I've
2: started Casper Mattress <laughs> on Squarespace.
0: I'm using Blue Chew as my therapist. Um, it's awful. <laughs> it's not helping. I don't even it's know what Blue Chew anything. is.
2: Is that like uh, manscaping?
0: It's it's chewable Viagra. (laughs) Because that's the problem Um. with Viagra.
2: (laughs) Are you manly enough to not swallow a pill? I cannot stress to you enough (laughs) that there is no further birth control technology, but you can chew your Viagra. Fucking hell.
0: (laughs) Insurance? No, we just give it away for free, man. (laughs) Government will pay for it.
2: What were you recommending? Oh. Where, 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 therapy! Uh, therapy! I recommend Therapy! Oh yeah,
0: Therapy's great. Yeah. Good. Uh, Big fan. Therapy. Big fan from way back. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, you know, before it sold out. Early adopter. Back in the day. Yeah, early 90s Therapy
2: for us. Yeah. Absolutely. Back when I it like was... their old
0: stuff. Therapy.
2: Therapy is a great band, by the way. But is it? Yes, they're an I- Irish band. I heard of from Mark, but they're, yeah, go. they're really good. But also, nice. regular Therapy is great. Nice.
0: Yep, 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 yep. So, um Corey, you you announced this on your podcast this week, but uh I sent my family mm. uh to live in another state. Yes. Um
2: <laughs> sorry, I announced your personal business on my podcast.
0: It's okay, listener. It might be in the New York <laughs> Times by the time this episode comes <laughs>
2: this, out. It like Mark even made sure we used first and last name there. Yes, yeah, exactly. I was so, like my so, friend wait. Jason.
0: Helms? So Jason Helms. <laughs> Jason
2: Helms. <laughs> yes. Jason and his address, thumbs. again,
0: just to be clear, I want to make sure I have it down. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's been hard, right? It's been a week without my family, uh, and it's going to be a lot longer. One of many, and, yes. Yeah. Yep. It's the, the weight of the weeks to come, the weight of the months to come. And you're that saying really that, that tough, talking
2: hard. to me while I'm lifting weights is not doing it for you? That's not oh, all that, the no, that was, you need? I was
0: very clear. That was great. <laughs> um, no, this is... This is not about you being deficient. Okay. I mean, I scheduled a second appointment this week with my therapist. Mm. Like like the you second of the that. week?
3: Yeah. Yeah, you I can really do, that. You
0: do that. With betterhelp.com you can. <laughs> um, so I uh you know, I the the phone call helped too, right? Talking to you while you while you push some weights around. Uh talking to other old friends. I've been on the phone with lots of people and nice. and it's one of those things where it's like I know nobody wants to hear me talk for 4 hours. Um, and just go off, but I can split that four hours against into four people. And there you
2: go, that's strategic. I'll,
0: and I'll owe them one, uh, especially maybe more than one because I think it's going to be for a while.
2: Yeah, no, I appreciated that when you called and you were like, you know, I'm taking a selfish, you know, and and just kind of <laughs> I taking think that's care how I of I it. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm that's great. I'm totally for that. Very into it, and you know, knowing what you need and. And, yeah, therapy helps with figuring that out. But, like, honestly, I think that's, at the end of the day, such an important thing. When you're going through something like this and and just—and we are all in unprecedented times. It may not be as, uh, you know, bananas as sending your family away like it's fucking Narnia. But, you know, it's still—people are going through all this kind of stuff and reaching out and connecting with people and— you know, with the things that ground you and making a conscious effort, if you can afford to, to talk to a professional about this stuff is just like, there's no, there's no saying just like how valuable all of that is. Preach. <laughs> Indeed.
1: Did the, the Narnia kids, were they in London so they got shipped out because of the war?
2: Yes. The Blitz. Yep, because the Blitz. So Brace the Blitz. is scuffed. <laughs> Frayed. Afraid. <laughs> stiff upper lip. Stiff lower lip. Everything's
1: stiff over here. <laughs> <laughs> I, of course, shall be merry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway.
0: Cartoon. <laughs> so cartoon cute. penguins.
2: Cartoon penguins. <laughs> Cross the pond. Chris also recommendation station. The one thing that I want to point out, it is the one year anniversary of Joe Egg, so go listen to Jack of All Graves. Hell yeah! Boom! And it's a good one-year episode. Oh, thank you. I, I enjoyed it's it. very rambling this episode. It's not necessarily the one I'd recommend people start with. I think last week's would maybe be a good one to yeah, start with. The hiking. The yeah. Hiking one that and talking about one. Ken McElroy, the man a town oh murdered. God. That's a pretty good one. That's episode a great story. 51. That's one of my
0: favorites.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, so time for our developer spotlight. This week we wanted to spotlight uh illustrator Daisy Ein, who I think that's how you pronounce the last name is E I N Ein Ein. Uh but her and her husband actually in their they started as a part-time gig as a hobby. They created a game Tiny Bird Garden, which I started doing research on and realized it was actually highlighted in like the iOS store for Apple and it's for, available for Steam, PC, iOS, Apple, everything maybe, I don't know. A lot of stuff. Daisy kind of created the game. Basically, she she grew up as a gamer and was inspired by her dad. who he used to take her to arcades. And she noticed early on that uh, and she's a woman of color. She noticed early on that there wasn't a lot of uh, racial representation in video games for uh, people of color. And so obviously, this is one of the reasons we have this de- developer spotlight segment. Uh, but she d- decided to take that into her own hands and, and change that kind of firsthand. So. Uh, What she did was she started working on as a part-time gig. She started making tiny bird garden with her husband and it ended up, it started out as almost like this Tamagotchi where you make this garden and you put little toys and you put bird feeder and you put seed and and games and things for the birds. And then birds in real time, whether you have the app open or the game open or not would visit and play with your games and eat your food and stuff. And now it's (sighs) kind of exploded because it's this amazing Tamagotchi uh, into really cool graphics that she hand designed everything in the game into this there's like a story mode there's like this co-op mode there's the whole family can play so it's something i've let my kids play for a couple hours and they love it really cool graphics and just like a kind of a very relaxing zen type um garden that you get to kind of manage and it doesn't seem to be after your money which is nice <laughs> i don't get the constant like oh add five bucks for more bird seed or anything like that yeah uh, but yeah so check out free download uh tiny bird garden uh, if you want just kind of a relaxing time and, and shout-out uh, Daisy Ein, because that's it's a gorgeous game. All right. Both in the news. Psychonauts 2 finally came out. Oh, my oh, god! so good. Getting great reviews. Oh I can't yes. wait to
0: play this. Very excited.
2: You haven't played it yet?
0: No, it just came out this week. No, we're saving it for month. Okay, we're not going to cheat on our month games. I, Come on, I'm saving myself for month. Yeah.
2: I look at this like you know, as like a movie goer person thing. I'm like, the second a thing comes out, you haven't gone and seen it. Like, what do you mean you haven't played it yet? That
1: was pre Demi times when it was like, oh, you got to see the day it comes out. Now Black Widow comes yeah. out, and I'm like, I'll check it out eventually. Like, who cares? Oh, no,
0: kids Kids ruined that for me. Like,
1: We're on our own timelines now. You're on their timelines
0: now. Oh, the kids. I remember a student asking me who one of my favorite directors was, and I said Paul Thomas Anderson. And he asked me if I'd see The Phantom Thread, which had come out two weeks previous. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, not yet. I'll probably catch it when it, you know, it's, I can rent it or whatever. And he's like, what? <laughs> you said that they're your favorite director. I was like, I, I said I liked his work, but... Also, like even if he was my favorite, I don't think i'm I'm not going that opening night, like right. <laughs> oh no.
2: how could I, you say I'm that, with though? that kid? you know <laughs> yeah. like, what do you mean? You didn't go see it immediately?
0: I guess I'm just a liar. I don't actually like <laughs> movies.
2: What's well, so, it? Yeah, you clearly actually have no idea who that was. You just saw his name on a poster somewhere and right I've been I, saying I it just said
0: three first names <laughs> Paul Thomas Anderson he's <laughs> called
2: a Tar right. Griffin.
0: <laughs>
2: <Griffith. Nice. laughs> what were we talking about?
1: Psychonauts 2. So Psychonauts two. Psychonauts two. We'll skip forward a little bit to our next game, which is going to be our October game, and we're actually timing it right, so it's going to come out the first Friday in October, and that's going to be Little Nightmares two, Woo! which I'm really looking forward to. I don't like. I really enjoyed the game. For whatever my yeah. brain is, just like really, really looking forward to Little yeah. Nightmares two. And I 2,
2: so. only so, slightly remember you describing what this the plot was when you looked it up last time. So which is also th- crazy yeah. that this was like like I haven't I still haven't wrapped my year my head around the year of Joe Aggs. So like Mark was on this with us a yeah. year ago?
0: One yeah. year ago. Should we
2: ask him to do it again or
0: yeah, he has to be in no. it. No. Yeah.
2: Okay. Absolutely Tell him. not.
0: Huh. No. He might break my controller. No. Can't he come over told anymore.
2: me it's one year since Bez. Bez. Bears. bears? Bears. Yeah, Bez. Tell me more. Which he, the other day he said he went camping and I was like, I'm glad you made it back alive. And he was like, I brought plenty of and he spelled it B E A H spray.
1: Nice. Bear spray. They have bears in the UK?
2: <laughs> I, I don't know. Yes. I don't know what they're I they thought are that was in only in
1: Brave, and then I looked it up when I saw Brave, and they're like, Yeah, they don't have them anymore. No. Oh,
2: well. I I think it was for murderers.
1: I'm glad they have Bear Spray. Our second bit of month in <laughs> the News. <laughs> yes. Oh no, no, but no, I was gonna say, so our uh, Little Nightmares 2 is our October game. Our November game will be Psychonauts 2. So we will be playing
0: it this year. Okay. And by November, we might also be playing with our brand new play dates. What, Ooh. dear listener, is a play date? Which might not be out by November. Uh, who knows? Spring 2022, yeah, okay. uh, you know, maybe 2024. Who knows? But Whatever. we bought them. And they're coming someday. Uh, it's like a little Game Boy with a crank on it. And you might say, why do I want a Game Boy with a crank on it? I would say uh, that. Go watch their video. Check it out. But I want to say that it gets to the heart of the Game Boy. And to understand what a Game Boy is, we have to go to the creator, the inventor, uh, Gunpei Yokoi, of course, uh, formerly at Nintendo. Gunpei Yokoi had a concept. He called it lateral thinking with withered technology. One of my favorite examples of this is the little... uh, What's the remote control thing? The IR IR beam on the Nintendo Switch. Why would you want a 40 year old piece of technology, the same little IR infrared thing that you use to change channels on your Nintendo switch. (laughs) Why is it only on one controller? This makes no sense whatsoever until they figured out how to use it to be a heart rate sensor on ring fit. Sure. And it's like, well then I guess it's justified itself. It probably cost you a nickel to toss it in there. Sure. I guess. (laughs) Um, this is, this is the heart of lateral thinking with Withered technology, with Yo- which Yokoi described as the Nintendo way of adapting technology is not to look for state-of-the-art, but to utilize mature technology that can be mass-produced cheaply. And then, and this is my own addition, to do something creative and exciting with it. And that is the story of Playdate. The crank on the side is not something that powers it. It's actually a controller. So one of the demo games has you controlling a robot as you jump through a level. The little crank on the side controls time, and so you can roll back time and do something different in the level, and roll forward time and do something different. It's a big time
2: puzzle thing, man. Anyway, it looks cool. I can't wait to play it. Uh, it looks real fun. Once again, in real time, I watch Ben have regrets.
0: <laughs> regrets. <laughs> oh, shit.
2: No, the
1: nice thing that Jason and I have worked out in our thirty-plus years of existence is that we're like my birthday's in September, his is in October. Three weeks apart, and we're like, "Hey, I want to buy this nice thing. You want to buy this nice thing? Can I make it your birthday present, and then you make the one that you buy my birthday present?"
2: How much does this cranky <laughs> thing cost? Don't worry about it. All right, so
1: let's talk about. Oh, we talk. How about much does this game, cranky thing it.
2: cost?
1: Two hundo. <laughs> I think it's like one eighty-five or something.
2: Uh, <laughs> me, okay.
0: but oh come on, you got the
2: <laughs> that's case, like right? A real console. <laughs> I didn't get the case.
1: I didn't get the case. You didn't get the
0: case, and also it's free games. It's free games. Free games. Oh, that's the other thing. It does okay. is a game a week for twelve weeks. Okay. And you just it just Wi-Fi onto your your play date and you just play it, and, and then it's they like released
1: to everyone that week. So it's like oh everybody gets it the, the same new, date. You day. You wake up
0: and yeah. just ding, you got a new game on your your okay. thing. But then they announced, you know what? Let's double it. Yeah. How about two games a week? How about twenty four games? Too many games. Boom. And uh, we might do some more. We'll see. Too many games. I'm really excited. It looks fun. Ah, I don't care. I'm excited for you. You
1: can find us. At MenOfLowMoralFiber.com. You can find us on Twitter at MomfPod. Uh, Just email us if you have any questions, comments, or concerns at m o l m m p o d at gmail.com. And check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash Momf, uh, where we'd like to celebrate uh, our current Patreon supporters. uh, Dominic Lang, Noel Kirkpatrick, Andrea Lincioni, Nicholas Gates, Brent Peterson, David Botluck, and Michael Conrad the deuce thank you to all of you who support us it's a really cool group so check out our patreon our plan for the rest of this year and even more so in 2022 wow that's a real year it sounded like the future yeah that's it. It was a not lot of a thing stop it <laughs> uh, is to actually update our patreon and actually put kind of some exclusive content on there uh, for patreon supporters so we will keep you updated when that starts happening um but as always thanks for listening i have been ben i will be jason
0: you know Yes,
1: <laughs> I'm a mighty pirate
0: and uh, I really hate to do this to you Jackie but uh, so. <laughs> nice. by the way if we get one more Patreon before next month I will read the Patreon list in the style of In Memoriam giving you each your own dedicated <gasps> cause of death yes. like pancaked by a double Oh roll. man